Praise the Lord. Last week, we started uh, talking together just a little bit about uh, uh, values, and, and, and we just discovered that the Holy Spirit, at the beginning of this season, would like to do a bit of a reset in our lives, and we're going to let him. I think that may even be why uh, in, in our worship this morning, we ended up where we're saying, Holy Spirit, just come and breathe into my life. Holy Spirit, I, I open my ears uh, and, and to hear your voice and, and, and to hear your voice in a fresh way. Um, wow, I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit in this moment right here. I hear the Holy Spirit giving me some instruction. Uh, there was a, uh, a actually read and commented on a, a social media post uh, earlier this week, and the Holy Spirit just reminded me of this. There was a someone who was talking about they, they wanted God to move in their life and they wanted to be positioned to use, be used of him, but they had this thing and that thing and the other thing that needed to be fixed first. If you're waiting to be fixed first, <laughs> let me just help you with something. I'm waiting to be fixed. <laughs> if you're waiting to be, for everything to be right, for you to move forward in God, you're going to wait a long time. Because he says, come and follow me, and I'll make you. Come and walk with me. So the first step is that you turn your eyes off of your mountain, you turn your eyes off of your circumstances, you turn your eyes away from your brokenness, you turn your eyes away from your fear, you turn your eyes away from your failures, you turn your eyes away from your stumbling, and you turn your eyes to Jesus. And you fix your eyes on him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. You have to let him begin to work in you. And as you turn your eyes upon him, and as you fix your gaze upon the Lord, then all the other things that you have your attention on will become very small in light of who he is. You need to set your gaze on him. So I, I want to just, uh, that's a good launching place for, for where we are. Uh, we talked about some questions that we we're going to ask ourselves during this season of time. Why am I here? What am I doing here? What are the things of value that I have been given stewardship and responsibility over? And we're going to begin to talk about some of those things. I would love for you to just make a list of the things of importance that you've been given responsibility over. That's the things that God has given you stewardship over. Some of your family, your marriage, your, your workplace, your, there's just an, an innumerable amount of things that you've been given uh, stewardship over and responsibility for that, uh, that God wants to speak to you about and speak into uh, in these days. What season of life am I in as it relates to those most valuable things? And I'll explain that as we will address that in, in a few weeks, why that particular question. And are, are the things of value, are the things that I value or should value a driving force in the decisions that I am making and in the actions that I am taking? Are the things that I value motivating me in the right direction? So in allowing the Holy Spirit to reset the compass of our life, I want to begin with that last question and deal with with this question, are the things that I value or should value a driving force behind the decisions that I'm making and the actions that I'm taking? So with that question in mind, I want us to considering the follow, following passage in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. 
Well, you, if you've got your Bibles, you turn there and read along with me. These are the words of Jesus. <clears throat> Matthew, Matthew chapter 6 and verse uh, 25 through 34. Therefore, I say to you, this is a good way to start the year, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on, is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they don't sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not... I need the Holy Spirit to just move in these words right here. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, oh my Lord, Which of you, by worrying, can add one more cubit to your stature? Which of you, by worrying, can change any circumstances that are taking place? Which of you, by worrying, can change any circumstances that are going to arise? We'll talk about that maybe in a minute. Somebody needs to underline worrying in your Bible. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of them. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is there and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he not clothe you? O ye of little faith. I didn't say that, the Bible did. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. After these things, those who do not know God seek those who are not followers of God. For your heavenly Father, listen, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit move on these words again, just like the last, in the last moment. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I'm going to stay right there. I'm going to just let that hang on you. Y'all getting ready for some things that are unfolding in this country that you have hoped would not happen. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Let me have, I have a word from God for you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Is there anybody in this room, while we're right here at this point in this, in this teaching this morning, is there anybody here that 
in, in your lifetime and in your walk with God, no one has ever, not one time, come up to you and said, I have a word from God for you. I have a word from the Lord for you. Are you here? Is there anybody here? You've never had a personal prophecy, a personal word from the Lord? Nobody? Oh, good. I have a word from God for you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. There. You receive the word of the Lord today. For tomorrow, we'll worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There is great wisdom. That, that, that passage of scripture has got so much more in it than we could ever get to in the time that we have together today. But let me just challenge you that the Holy Spirit wants to reset where your attention has been and he wants to move your attention off of your mountain and he wants to move your attention onto the God that you serve. Seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to run ahead of myself, but I want to help you with something. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you will eat. Don't worry about what you will drink. Now, how many understand? I don't, I don't want to minimize the fact that if, if you are a, an individual in this room, in this moment, and you were in a place of lack, you, can, you will sit there and you will look and you'll say, well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor, your refrigerator's full. So I don't want to minimize the moment of challenge that you are experiencing in your life. But I want you to begin to understand that the Holy Spirit is saying, can I just lift up your eyes for a minute? Can I, can I just lift up your perspective? Can I move your perspective off of this moment of challenge and move your perspective over onto the answer for the challenge that you are facing. The psalmist said, I, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. And so what happens is whenever, whenever uh, those kinds of statements are made and, and we try to move our perspective off of our difficulty and on to the answer to our difficulty, the God that we serve, the enemy comes up and he goes, yeah, the righteous aren't forsaken, but that ain't you, buddy. How many have ever heard that in your ears? Oh, you just messed up too bad to be the righteous. Well, let me help you with something. I messed up too bad to be the righteous. He is the righteous. And because he is the righteous, the word says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He made me righteous. The Bible says that simply because Abraham made the correct confession and declaration in his life, that because he determined to do what God said, God said, you are righteous. And after that moment where the Bible says that God imputed righteousness unto him, made him righteous, he made some of the most foolish mistakes a man could ever make. Study his life. Well, how many of y'all, since you came to Jesus, have made some foolish decisions? Every day? I can, I can identify. I can identify. Amen? So he's not talking to perfect individuals when he writes these words, don't worry about tomorrow. 
Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to, uh, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Isn't life more than this? You know what he's saying, believers? You have reduced the value of your life to the challenges that you're facing. Isn't life more than that? Your life is so much more valuable than the challenges that you are facing. Your life is so much more than the difficulty that you have endured. Your life is so much more than the mountain that you're climbing. Your life is so much more than the the press that the enemy has brought against you. Jesus was saying to them and the Holy Spirit is saying to you, move your perspective in this moment. Move your perspective. This morning when we were in the prayer room, I heard the Holy Spirit just reminding me. The Bible said that when Jesus said it is finished, which is really good words. You see, because before you got started, he was finished. Before I got started making a mess of everything, he was already finished straightening it out. Man, can you receive that? So when Jesus said it is finished, the Bible said that he descended into the lower parts of the earth. He led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. And then he ascended on high, the word says, and he was seated at the right hand of the Father. And then the, uh, in Ephesians, the apostle says to us, we are seated together with him in heavenly places. So God wants you to begin this year and to begin this new season of your life with the perspective that you should have as one who is seated above. You're not supposed to be viewing your life from a horizontal perspective. You're driving down the road and you're just straining to see what's over the horizon. What's coming next, Lord? Did you know the Holy Spirit has already been there? Because he lives outside of time and he's trying to communicate with you that he's with you always, even into the end of the age. So then he goes on and he says, I want you to consider some things. I want you to look at the birds. I want you to look at how how beautiful they are. They don't worry about if they're going to find something to eat today. They just get up and they go find something to eat. The Father feeds them. They don't work, they don't sow, they don't build barns, they don't open bank accounts and try to store up treasure for tomorrow. The children of Israel, as they came through the desert, the Bible says that when manna fed, uh, failed to feed them, that the Lord told them, you only go collect enough for the day. If you try today to store up for yourself enough for tomorrow, it will be rotten in the bowl when you get there. You only go worrying about today. It's a great picture for you as a believer. We were talking the other day about someone who received a prophetic word, wasn't from God, but it was a word, that trouble was coming and they better go home and they better uh, store up and they better go to the store and they better stock up and they better... And, and you know, that's, a, that's wonderful if you've got money in the bank to go do that, right? But if you're the guy who can't store up, what do you do when the word of the Lord... I got news for you. What did Jesus say? 
I looked back over, uh, yeah, some of y'all aren't quite old enough to remember Y2K and all that stuff. <laughs> some of you are way old and you remember it really well and you remember things worse than that before that. But I'm going to tell you, there were people who put five-gallon buckets of rice and beans in their closet they never opened. Seriously. Come on. The Holy Spirit would like to, to reset your attention in this moment. Would you let him? So consider the birds. They don't work. They don't toil. They don't sow. Does, do, don't you understand that Jesus was sent to the earth to give his life for you? He didn't die for those birds. You're a little bit more important than that. Yet your father takes care of their needs. Which of you, I'm going to ask it again, which of you by worrying can change anything? Has worry ever motivated you to change a single thing? No. Wisdom will motivate you to change things that need to be changed so that your future looks different than your present. Wisdom will motivate you to make changes. Wisdom will motivate you if you need to get an education. Wisdom will motivate you to move toward an education. If you need a vocation, wisdom will motiv motivate you to be trained for that vocation. But worrying will not motivate you to change anything. In fact, worrying will... Keep your mind so consumed that you will be unable to study and to prepare and to think clearly and to change your present to move toward your future. Worrying will hinder you from accomplishing the things that you need to accomplish to move you in the direction that the Lord would like to move you so that he can prepare you for greater position of blessing. Some of y'all are going to go home, you're going to get this big piece of paper, and you're going to write, don't worry, and you're going to like glue it to your refrigerator. Because Jesus said, don't worry. Jesus said, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, you can't accomplish anything by worry. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow unless the Holy Spirit tells me what's going to happen tomorrow. But I'm not worried about what's going to happen tomorrow because the Holy Spirit already knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Do you understand that you're part of His plan? He has good plans for you. So which of you, by worrying, can add an inch to your stature? Which of you, by worrying, can change your circumstances? Consider the lilies. They don't toil. They don't labor. Yet, the words that Jesus said, Solomon, in all of his glory, was never so beautiful as a field full of flowers. Nothing about Solomon's life was as beautiful as, as what God could paint across the side of a hill. And then he says, he says this very bold. Listen, it's going to take some faith on your part and on mine. The Father knows that you need these things. And then Jesus is very bold. He goes, oh, you have little faith. You're, you're doubting, I'm talking to somebody, you're doubting whether the Lord loves you enough or not to meet you at your point of need. 
Some of you all are having some internal conversations about every failure you've ever had and allowing the enemy to come and tell you that because of that failure, because of that poor decision, because of that stumbling, that, that God doesn't want to have a conversation with you. Right, you preach that. Lying devil. Lying devil. But you say, I want to help you with something. There's the voice of the Holy Spirit, and there's the voice of the enemy, and then there's a voice in the middle of your mind that comes right up out of your soul, right up out of your unbelief, and that's your voice talking you out of your blessing. Wow. There's the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's the voice of the enemy. And we forget that the enemy's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at once. Somebody stand up and testify. Back in the day, we had testimonies. Somebody stand up and testify. Boy, the devil's been after me. I'm like, well, better you than me. <laughs> if he's after you, then he doesn't have time to be after me. Because he can only be one place at one time. So if the devil's been after you, better you than me. If you want to confess that and declare that as a believer, better you than me. I got a hold of that and realized Jesus, the Spirit of God, is in me and the Spirit of God is in you. But the enemy can only be one place at one time. So there's a great many challenges that, that you're facing and there's a great many thoughts that you're having. And it's not the enemy saying those things to you. It's you talking you out of your blessing. And the way that you move through this and navigate this is that you've got to renew your mind by the word of God and let the Holy Spirit have access to begin to change your thinking. You have to change your internal conversation. That's why Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing again the promises of God until they become a part of who you are. And then you've got to deal with your trust issues. Can I be so bold? You've got to deal with your trust issues. You have trusted that you could take care of you better than God could. felt an anointing over that. But seek first. We'll talk about this a little bit next week. Seek first. Seek first. The kingdom of God. His righteousness. His wisdom. His understanding. His voice. His direction all these things will be added unto you. Let's stand together.